Hello and welcome to This Way Up. In this series, I talk to a number of leading women in the creative industry, talking specifically about the good, the bad and the ugly of their career. For this episode, I recorded Liv Little, the founder and CEO of Galdem, an award-winning online and print publication committed to sharing perspectives from women and non-binary people of colour. Here's a scary stat for you. The current journalistic landscape is 94% white and 55% male. What I love so much about Galdem is that they are actively trying to redress this imbalance through both their editorial and commercial work. And in this interview, I got a real understanding of the magazine and how Liv came to start it at the age of just 21. We chart the different influences in her life, from how her mum's social enterprise influenced her growing up, to going to Bristol Uni, and how hard she found it not seeing people like herself with the same background and experiences. It is through this isolating experience that Galdem was born, a chance for Liv to carve out her space and create a community. She credits her ambition and sheer determination for making it all possible. She talks about the many skill sets she had to develop quickly to become CEO and the importance of surrounding yourself with experienced mentors that can help you with all the different aspects of your business. It's not about following in their footsteps, but instead having a pool of knowledge that can help you make better decisions. There is a huge amount we can all learn from Liv's amazing story. So, without further ado, this is Liv Little and this is This Way Up. Liv, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's really lovely to have you here. We're we're right in the middle of the pandemic, so we so we're we're practicing social distancing and recording this over Skype. But that's still a good one. Yeah, I mean it's interesting to be <laughs> recording something. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> exactly. No, we'll be fine. Um, as usual with the podcast, I love to start to give the audience a kind of overall view of your life and how things started with you so I'd love to start with um where you were born mm. so I was born um I was born at home actually I think yeah. my mom had a really really quick birth um I was born at home um on Coburg Road which is near Burgess Park in South London yeah and I kind of lived in South London up until fairly recently um and yeah that's kind of that's where I was born I was born to um, a mum, Michelle, who, who has an identical <laughs> twin sister. So I've kind of had um, two, I guess, mothering figures in my life always. I mean, I've got even more than two because I've got my grandmother and stuff. But I think I was really fortunate to be born into yeah. that kind of structure. Um, I only know one other person that has kind of, we call them like twin mums. but <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, who I work with, Charlie, actually, which is which is interesting, and her, her twin mums are lovely as well. But yes, yeah, so I was kind of born born around there. Um, I think when my mum, just before my mum had had me, she had been working in um, kind of film and television. Right. Mainly, um, she went to the National Film School, um, but when she had me, because of the hours and 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 whatnot, she she kind of ended up taking a different um, trajectory and went more into kind of helping 
young people set up kind of businesses so young people from marginalized backgrounds specifically so she kind of ran a social enterprise for um, for 10 years um out of the albany and deptford um but yeah that's that's kind of that's where we were that's where she was and yeah i did i like i said i stayed there until a couple of years ago until i was about 23 24 i was i was in south london i feel like south london is a very territorial territorial and um and maybe don't tend to leave yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's true and where are you now um i'm in east london now east london yeah same as me actually um so it sounds like you had quite sort of powerful role models um Mm. within your mom and then also her twin sister Mm. and also that's quite interesting that she sort of did the kind of um tv media background but also the social enterprise I kind of mm. see like a bit of a theme here. <laughs> I know it's funny because I didn't, I think someone else kind of was saying, oh, it's so, it makes sense that you're the way that you are because you're mum. And I never really thought about it in that way. I think, you know, with parents, you can kind of forget that they're, that they're like a human being in a sense. <laughs> I know <laughs> what you mean. Parent. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> soon be going through that. But um, I, I think with, um, with her I think we started to really have discussions around like the work and like the influence and 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 what was happening in in her time and the collectives and Sankofa and all of these things that she was around and, and involved with but that didn't happen until like I said that happened you know when I was in my maybe like early 20s really we started talking about that that part of herself um, sure. I always knew the kind of social enterprise stuff because I'd go they do like a lot of summer um courses and like free training for like young people in the area and so I would go and I'd, I'd be around that sort of stuff but I think more broadly in terms of like what she did with film and even just her sharing like her old kind of pamphlets which are just amazing to have these really well-preserved pamphlets on like black women and, and cinema and film and all of these oh kind God. of things I think is is really really amazing and yeah say so you, you you know I very much was guilty I think of forgetting I guess that you know, she doesn't exist just to be my mum. <laughs> she does other stuff too. I think maybe subcon- think so. yeah. subconsciously it must have filtered through. When did that kind of sort of media world start? Did you start thinking about it when you were at school or did it come a bit later? I think, I mean, I wasn't really allowed to watch, like my mum, she, so she worked in like across film, really not, not TV at all, but she um, she didn't really let me watch TV until I was like, I feel like I was nine or something. Oh, it was wow. Quite, it was quite late. So, um, yeah, interesting, right? She, she wanted me to That's read good. and things. But, um, but and, and yeah, I mean, it's probably had its its sort of benefits, but that's interesting, isn't it, in terms yeah, of when, completely. what you say. Um, I think she, so my mum's like a Buddhist and she's been practicing Buddhism for 30 years. Oh, um, wow. She practices oh, wow. a type of Buddhism called Nichiren, Daishonin Buddhism. And she, um, she's like, um, she's, she, I mean, she's been practicing it for so long. So she's, you know, she kind of can lecture in different things and, and whatever. And she used to be involved in their paper. They have a paper called The Art of Living, which I think is like monthly. And she said that I would always sit in those meetings. And she was like, you know how mums say these things though? And she she knew how, <laughs> by how like attentive I was or how interested I was that, you know, this girl's going to be a journalist or whatever. I mean, I bet I, I'm not sure that that's <laughs> you told when I was that small, but, but she says that she, she always knew I was always like very chatty and like got like a lot of energy from people, which I do think I is still true today. So like being away from, you know, people um, and friends and things is really 
if this is not kind of natural to me I know like my other half for example she's I mean it's not easy for anyone at all like and and it's still a struggle for her but she's naturally um introvert I guess better yeah more introverted I feel like I'm it's weird I feel like I am both but yeah but um she kind of likes the comfort of staying in in her home I guess by choice right by choice not by force yeah. <laughs> um but me I'm I really am someone that likes to be um that likes to be out and socializing with like m- I guess like my close friends more than anything yeah um, but yeah anyways I was always I was always this this kind of person and I and I think I think that's definitely true but I think in terms of like knowing maybe more in adult life that I wanted to get into media and telling stories I think I remember like I guess from like a really um early age like from when I was allowed to watch tv that wasn't just at my grandma's um, was definitely I remember watching kind of like a lot of channel four type shows because I think back then they were producing like really edgy kind mm. of content and telling stories in a brave um new way in a way that like other broadcasters weren't necessarily doing so I remember like really loving a lot of um that kind of content it was quite weird as well when you're young you like those kind of like weird docs about like wacky things and I think I became quite obsessed with like documentaries I'd watch like loads of documentaries about like these strange cults and like <laughs> just weird things that happened and that kind of became maybe that was like my way into into the into the world of television because when I when I decided to apply for I actually ended up applying for Channel 4's production trainee scheme and getting on it and mm. working at a company called Line Television and I worked on Quite, quite random content you know I worked on a doc about Mark Bowler and I also worked on like the truth about series and on on um the episode called the truth about sleep with um Michael Mosley and like it, I, it, it was quite um an eclectic mix but I went into that being like I just want to make documentaries I really want to make documentaries I really want to hear what people have to say blah 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 um, that's so good can I just pause there just because first of all what a great job like being a researcher and um, for that you know such an amazing channel as well and um, how did you get into that and was it hard or did you have you got like kind of that dogged determination and you're like once you've got an idea in your head it's it's gotta happen yeah I am and like I don't know I'm just I've, I don't know if I was a weird kid or teen but I felt like I did I like did all my like craziest wildest stuff when I was quite young when like 14 15 16 17 18 by the time I got to uni I think I'd gotten most of it out of my system <laughs> whereas like a lot of people were just about discovering it like I don't know if it's growing up in London or whatever but I feel like we were really really wild teenagers um and yeah by the time I got to uni I just like I just was I just wasn't that on it like I I um I had kind of realized I think maybe towards the end of like six or the end of school that um I was interested in like in in politics um and uh sociology and 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 um philosophy and those kind of um topics and themes more broadly and so I I went on to study politics and sociology and I focused on kind of women in asylum and I spent like three summers in a row basically working for different organizations I worked in Ireland for three months for the summer I think after or before I went to uni for an organization called the Simon community doing policy research and so I think I was always feeling like those time periods and those days with like a space to kind of learn and like I remember with one with my like last internship that I did the last bit of um policy research that I did which was for an organization called women for refugee women um 
the woman, Marchie, who, like, I'm still friends with now, said that I literally, like, forced her into giving me <laughs> a job. And, like, like, I just wouldn't stop. Um, and, and I didn't really, I didn't really realise that I was like that until my best friend said, yeah, no, I remember, like, when we'd all be, like, just going off and doing whatever in the summers, you'd be, like, just off in Ireland or off doing this work every day or whatever it was. So I guess in a way yeah I've I've always been a bit like that and I think like maybe I, I should have like relaxed more as well at <laughs> but, but I, no um, it's a great quality to have <laughs> and it's lovely yeah. that you able to pinpoint exactly what you want and then just go for it I think mm-hmm. I think you know these days people think it's easy to sort of get things up and running and I think to some extent it's easier because you know we've got much more tools are at our disposal yeah, yeah. But I think having that determination and that way of thinking, the way you were just talking about how your mm. mind works, is really, really key because otherwise you could just be producing rubbish. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, it's Yeah, and it's not easy. I think sometimes it can look easy and lovely and... Um, That's right. <laughs> ...and glam or, or whatever through the lenses of social media, but there's so much that goes into it, like from so many different people and... Um, and yeah, it's hard. And this is like a particularly tricky period. And I think when you, um, you know, at a certain level or whatever it is, you're kind of expected to always have like answers and solutions to things. And this is like a very unique set of circumstances, not to like make the focus completely on what is happening, but it's it's unknown, it's unprecedented. Yeah. And I really want to delve into that because I think your role at Galdem uh, must be like so encompassing. But before we go into it, I would love to know how, how Galdem started. Um, yeah, so that was, um, I was in my the midway point, I guess, through um, through uni. And um, it became really apparent that I wasn't going to find people necessarily like in it on, on the scale I wanted who were coming from a similar kind of... Um, similar but similar kind of background or perspective to be honest or simply just you know weren't white you know it was like Mm. a very white space and I found it really challenging I found it really tough and I found it really isolating and I think that you know that's not unique of course you know there's a lot of privilege in being able to 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 occupy those spaces but I did even within that I did find it incredibly Mm. isolating and lots of people did and so I think it was really at that point about you know wanting to carve out a, a space and a and a community and like just connect with people honestly like I say connection with people is just so important for me yeah and was it just like a thought that came into your head one morning and then you thought I need to do something about this um kind of yeah I was just like feeling really like deflated and just like mm. oh and crying a lot and just feeling really like oh my god like what is my place here you know these issues are the topics that I want to talk about and that I think should be spoken about and heard like on a bigger platform but like the academic space is a doesn't feel very representative and like b there's like certain language and things that you're expected Mm. to use and how do we actually how do we and and I think you know the two have to work in tandem of course obviously you need the policy research to inform um everything else that happens and but I think that's when I started to be like oh my gosh media is such like an exciting way to be able to tell these stories and so the first few pieces because at the time I don't write for the site anymore really just very occasionally but um like the first couple pieces that I did write 
were kind of looking at what was happening at the time um, with detention and um, and you know women asylum seekers and all, all of those sorts of um, topics and 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 it was like I just I felt really excited and kind of hopeful by the way that I was seeing people respond with with certain topics um, in a way that you don't get when you write a really really dense piece of work and like one person reads it and and so I think I didn't want to like I wanted to I wanted to write and theorize about things that were happening now and like if that makes sense I wanted it completely to feel, like um I wanted to feel current of course there's <clears throat> so important that you kind of um you know you look at theory and you look at um you know what's come before and I and I, but I wanted to use that to really shine a light on what was happening what's happening now I think that was the most mm. important thing it still is as well like as a you know as you know like a company director but also as someone who has spent time researching producing films docs that sort of thing you know it's 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 what it's what kind of drives me so yeah that's that's where where it started from yeah. and, and it was more a case of um I, I remember like watching a, ser- a YouTube series by like a director who I think is amazing called um, Cecilia Mike, and she'd just basically not seen herself and she'd created this series and I thought oh my gosh this was on a visit to London because mm. I went to and I was like wow she's kind of got gotten up and done something about representation you know, that's not being represented yeah. exactly and so do you know what and my mum is like one of those people who she's so loving and so mummyish and so kind but she's also like so incredibly like don't sit around and feel sorry for yourself get on with it and like love it come up with a solution do you know what I mean yeah I love it so, so I think that was part of it. it was like okay cool what can I do with the like limited resource that I have what is it that what is it that could be attainable and 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 that was it and and it's kind of grown since quite quite like organically I guess that's incredible I love that you just you sort out it started with your own personal problem and then you sort of thought hang on a minute I can do something about this Mm -mm. and then started to write these stories and how did you find did you find the stories easily I feel like I look back at the first things I wrote and I'm like oh my god horrific (laughs) but um but you know growth for everyone and um and and yeah I think all of us have have kind of evolved as writers makers of things you know in in always over the last kind of four four or five years I think so the first thing was of course like finding you know the right team to bring this into fruition who without it would not have been possible so people who had specific areas of expertise or who I guess at the time you know were studying certain topics or who who had experience working in music or whatever it was and those were the kind of people that helped to spearhead and shape like what um the editorial content looked like but we were never short of people wanting to get involved or tell their stories I Mm. think um I, I mean, I don't know, for me anyway, in terms of like m- wanting to get my first pieces published and like you don't get a response if you if you already have like, um, unless you already have like um, loads of bylines that, you know, and all of that kind of thing. And so, you know, what is so important about us is that, yes, of course, you know, you've got we've got our regular writers, we've got writers that are contributing, you know, across the, the press, U- US, UK and, and all of that sort of stuff. But it's also really exciting to have the opportunity to like, to, for, for people to pitch stories that are just good and it doesn't matter if you've got 10 pieces published by the guardian or not if it's a if it's mm. a, 
um, concept and we can work with you to shape that into a great story, then then amazing. And so I love that. I think it's it's more about the writing itself rather than your experience. I think for so long, people yeah. were just obsessed with CVs and where you've been, etc. I think that's lovely. Yeah, which is definitely, you know, not the not everything. There's of course there's merit in them, like you know, quite a few people um, in the editorial team have, have have obviously kind of been through like formal journalistic training, and it's definitely, definitely, you know, can be of benefit. It's just about recognizing that there's not like a there's not it's not like a one size fits all that. You know, in order to be a great journalist, you must have gone to this uni, or you must have gone to uni at all, or you must have. You know, mm. it's not. That's not what it's about. That's what I was going to ask you because you you never had experience before in terms of making a magazine, an online magazine, right? Mm. Mm, no, so, no, no. So that's quite incredible that you just. I was twenty one. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you picked up the skills, do you think, because of the people you surrounded yourself with. But is there something else that's sort of um, skill set that you think you had inside you that you think that you could tap into when you saw big problems arising? I think in terms of like journalism, telling stories more broadly, like when it came to TV, like I I did a really useful opportunity to get like practical skills in terms of how to research, which are also skills that I had like picked up in terms of, you know, just going through an academic degree as well um I think a lot of skills within I guess like the arts and creative spaces can be transferable of course yeah. you know not everything and some things you do need to go through training for even if that's teaching yourself how to edit on through like a YouTube class do you know what I mean <laughs> that's, um but um but yeah for for me I think I, I was always able to tell stories, I guess, in a way which, um, you know, I, I think in like academia, there, there can be a sense that you have to use like certain, like lots of jargon and like um, super long words. And I think in terms of the way that I was writing my essays and the topics that I was doing, and to be honest, a lot of them were probably naturally slightly more journalistic than they were academic. Um, and so I think... And that was that was important to me as well because I wanted someone to read it and be able to understand what it was that I was yeah. trying to say. So I think there was step that, like I say, there were definitely skills that were transferable, and you know, probably my style and tone was like slightly better suited to um, to, to journalism. I mean, I, I it's it's hard to say, isn't it? Because I didn't stay in academia post like post um, undergrad, and it's not necessarily something that I'll never go back into. You know, I was meant to to go on to do a master's and kind of pulled out and decided that actually it makes more sense for me to, um, yeah, for me to work in media, but that's what I felt like I wanted to do at the time. I was kind of offered a full scholarship to go and do a master's in, um, gender and law. And that was like something I'd always dreamed of doing. So it was, yeah. So it was like a, a choice, a big choice. yeah, quite a big choice. But it seems to me like it's kind of paid off. I mean, Galdem mm. is a great uh, magazine and, and you you seem to sort of pick up quite a lot of press around it and people mm. seem to talk a lot. What's your, what's kind of your ambition with Galdem, do you think? 
Yeah, I think it's a hundred percent to be, you know, a global. At the moment, we're we're global in the sense that we platform voices from across, um, you know, all parts of the world, and our readership are based in all parts of the world. But it's really about growing that as a as this global force, you know, that is kind of countering, <coughs> you know, a lack of sort of, um, you know, wider representation in the media, and it's doing that in a way which says you know you know what here is an opportunity to tell stories on your own terms in a way that is genuine it's not tokenistic um and it's about it's about continuing on with that so you know the kind of editorial element is is you know that's that is our hub that is what we're known for doing that's what we'll continue to do and we also work across other mediums so of course you know as someone who loves film and television we just partnered with channel four last year and that's something that we're going to continue to grow, whether that's through podcasting, through like the partnerships that we work on with brands, through the cultural programming, you know, and the bits that we've done with people like the VNA and 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 Tate and that sort of thing. Mm. You know, really thinking about who who gets to occupy these spaces and how do we take up space in these spaces and 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 look at the kind of history of these spaces for for, for people like us. So there's there's so much um, and. I think if you look at the kind of wider media context, there's not, you know, a publication in my mind other than ours that is speaking to our audience in the way that we that we do do. And so it's about it's about growing that. It's about growing Gallum into mm. you know, a media company. Um, and and yeah, so it's it's really exciting. Actually. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. I can definitely see why. Um, how important it is to have these kind of stories out. I think, you know, part of your, um, on your website, you know, you said that the current journalistic landscape is 94% white. Yeah, exactly. 55% male. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. And um, I think it's just so, it's so important. Mm -mm. I'm I'm conscious I have to release you soon, which I really don't want because I've got about 100 questions. But... um, (laughs) As a kind of final question for anyone listening, because mm. I think you probably have tons and tons of advice uh, from doing, you know, from building this kind of uh, amazing platform. Is there anything that you would sort of um, impart on people? God, it's hard, isn't it? And it's <laughs> Sorry, I'm right you on the spot. I'm full of advice because I'm still figuring like a lot of a lot of things out, and I'm always learning. And especially right now, I'm learning probably every day because things seem to be changing yes. literally every day at the moment um I guess you know on the on that note of things changing and 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 um being open I reckon being open to to new ways of thinking and ideas and solutions maybe that might not seem obvious or like they can initially work as well you know um being open to to creative ideas and creative solutions and I think part of that is staying curious I think it's my job as uh, you know as the CEO of Galdem and and as um someone who writes and who produces and who you know works across different um formats I think it's a hundred percent my job to stay curious and part Mm. of that staying curious will enable you to stay open um so yeah I think I think I'm saying that now in the content. If you asked me last week, I might have given an, another piece of advice. But yeah, I think stay open, stay curious um, is is probably apt for right now. Yeah, and would you add to that in order to stay curious and open is 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 to let other people's sort of thoughts and ideas come in so you create the best? Yeah, for sure. I yeah. think I think 
yeah you have to you have to know um you know at which point that that stops becoming useful and then at which point you kind of have to figure figure things out but a hundred percent and I'm such an advocate for having mentors and having people that I can speak to and that's not necessarily just people that like work in the same industry as me it could be people that work across um different types of business that could be in tech that could be in uh literature that could be I'm trying to think of people that I actively call on that could be publishing like it's um it's it's it, it can be broad, but I think, yeah, there is so much to be learned from people. And also in, in terms of me, it's, it's really important for me as someone who is um, self-assured, but also young, that I have people that I can call on who have, as well as a lot of kind of peers who are going through similar things and um, 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 and we can kind of check in with each other. It's also having people that have maybe been through it, made some mistakes, if if you want to call them mistakes, made some um decisions that they think have worked well that's not to say that because something didn't work for them it's not going to work for you or vice versa it's just about making sure that you're like the pool of knowledge that you have is I guess as wide is as wide as possible and I think for me like all of the kind of like mentor mentee type relationships that I have they've it's not been forced it's kind of come about quite naturally based on having people whose work I love or or not even whose work I love just who I think are are great people with like great values and and do great things um in work or outside of work I think that is that is incredibly important and honestly like if I didn't have those people I would go mad (laughs) Um, so yeah really 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 instrumental I think in terms of me just just also just to have people to like sense check things I think is is really useful who are who are maybe like sometimes removed from from the everyday of it all as well can be helpful but yeah I've just rambled for no not at all this is I, I couldn't agree more I think um having different types of people just keeps you on your toes and and also make sure that you kind of look at things in different ways because we can be very guilty of just being in a bit of a hole, especially actually during the pandemic. You know, you just, it's difficult to see the, the outside world and, and how other people mm-hmm. come into it. So I think that's a really great piece of advice. And on that, I would like to say a big, big thank you for coming on to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, honestly. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Way Up. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please look out for more empowering interviews in the weeks to come. Now, I have a couple of special favors to ask. Firstly, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps generate exposure for the podcast and allows a wider audience to get access to these really important topics. Secondly, if you know of anyone else that would enjoy this show and benefits from the topics I cover, then do please share the podcast. Um, By sharing this with just a couple of people, it will just help spread the good message and hopefully support the women this podcast was designed to reach. Finally, if you can follow This Way Up podcast or one word on Instagram, you'll get notified of future episodes. And the idea is that together we can build a powerful community and hopefully start to change the creative industry. That's it from me, until next time.